You know what that was? 60 seconds. One minute. Didn't that feel like longer? I felt like it was longer because you're all looking at me like I'm a weirdo. Granted, that's true, but it was a minute. 60 seconds. A moment, right? Interesting when we think about moments. Periods of time. Sometimes a minute can feel like not long enough if you're doing something that you love to do. Whereas if you're doing something you don't like to do, you know what I mean? That minute can feel very different depending on what we're doing at that moment. Do you know that as of today, there are 23 days left until Christmas? Some of you just got stressed right there. Your blood pressure just spiked a little bit. 23 days Till Christmas, that's roughly, what, 550 hours to get all the things done that you need to do. 550 hours, that translates to about 33,000 minutes to get to that spot. I mean, there's the shopping you got to do. You got to get all the stuff around town. You got to hope that the Amazon stuff shows up on time or some other online retailer. 33,000 minutes to get all that wealth. 32,999, because we've been talking about it for a minute. So now you have less time to get through all that stuff you have to do. And so why are we wasting one precious moment? What are we doing here? we got too much to do. Slow down, right? Slow down. This time of year just seems to like, I don't know if you're like me, but it's like when December hits, you just feel like you're behind, right? Who feels like that a little bit, you know? You feel like you're already behind. You're thinking, I don't know. And, you know, shopping for people is a little difficult now, isn't it? I mean, and I, I don't like to do that lame thing of let's just on Christmas morning exchange gift cards. Doesn't that feel lame? Who thinks that's lame? Come on. Yeah. And that's what we're going to do, though. So uh, <laughs> we think it's lame, but we're going to end up doing it. It's just hard because, you know, you've got to think of all the what they're going to like. And, you know, as you get older, too, like, I don't know, husbands and wives in here, Okay. At some point, you know, you both have access to the same Amazon account, right, or whatever online reason. So it's like, how do you hide that, right? Yeah, you can hide whatever you bought, but it's like all they have to do is go look at, you know, and see, oh, look, thank you for that. Why even wrap presents anymore? Because we can see what we're getting for each other. It's hard. You know, as we get into this, you know, Advent celebration, we're looking at, you know, every Sunday, and we're talking about joy and hope and all that Jesus really brought to the world and you think about it, it's easy to get off track and, and let moments slip by. And today we're talking about moments. We're, we're kicking off a new series uh, called Adventful. And my hope is that we would be filled up with peace, enjoy the things that we always want, not busyness and stress and high blood pressure. Maybe, maybe this is a chance we can actually have a deep breath. You know, we talk about that a lot on Sundays, right? It's a chance to take a, a deep breath. A deep breath physically helps your body kind of recharge and let, let the oxygen kind of get in there and do its restorative work. And I think that's what we need as we hit this Christmas season. So let's, let's pause for a minute and let's say a prayer. And uh, we're going to talk today about the miracle of moments. Let's pray together. Father, we come before you. You're so good to us. Your faithfulness and your mercies are new every morning. And today is no different. Father, as we enter into this December time frame where it's easy to get off kilter and, 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 and we let moments get by us. Father, I pray that you'd help us to, to pause, to slow down and to remember how much you love us this season. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So 
have you ever, ever thought about how important timing is? How important the right moments at the right times are? I mean, you think about this like, like planting. If you're going to plant a garden, you know, there's the better time to plant. There's, there's not so good a time to plant. You know, when you paint your house, you know, there's times where you want to do that when the weather is going to be cooperative. Do you know that there are certain times of year where you probably shouldn't paint your house? Because if it's cold, it's not going to whatever it's got to do. Uh, you just reach the extent of my construction abilities. But I know you're not supposed to paint a house when it's cold because your paint doesn't do whatever it's got to do. You know, you know. The right time to pop the question. Right? Some of us, many of us are married in here, but the right time to pop the question. I, I think back to Jackie and I and... You know, when I knew that I wanted to marry her, um, I hadn't really thought it through how I would do it. Now it's like a big thing. Now you have to have the photographer there hiding in the bushes, and it's got to be this photo moment. You know, you, you, you millennials out there, you're changing the game on us old people. But you have to have all these things in place, you know. With, with Jackie, I, I mean, I had the ring. I figured that's all the work I need to do. I just need to hand her the ring and say, will you marry me? No, she would not have that. I remember we, we were on, a, I think, at the coast, and, and she uh, would not let me get by easily. We had to walk all the way to the end of the Newport Pier. I think it was the South Pier. I don't remember what it was now. I just remember the rocks and how brutal that was. And uh, maybe that should have been a clue about, no. So she, she wanted it to be special. You know, those things are, those are important. Those moments are important. And, uh, you know, I, I, I don't want to be in the doghouse tonight, so I'm, I'm being very careful how I'm telling that story. But the right time to pop the question, the right time to see the doctor. Have you ever known anybody that has waited too long to see the doctor? Point to that person in the room. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, waiting too long. Sometimes, you know, the right moments. I mean, you catch something early, better, right? If you don't catch it. So those moments are important. We know timing matters. Now, we would all probably agree that December is not the right time to start a diet. Who knows that? That's, you know what I'm saying? One of, okay, we're, we're together on that, Barbara. We're, 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 we know this. Well, you know, January, Jackie and I often do this thing that, that we do together, this, this thing called the Daniel Fast, where we take, you know, about 21 days and we just fruits and vegetables and water. And we haven't had that conversation yet this year, but I'm believing we're probably going to need that. In fact, after Thanksgiving, you might have thought, I need to have salads for like four days straight. Who, who felt like that, you know? Mashed potatoes, I realize that potato is technically a vegetable, I think, but I'm not sure the way we treat those potatoes by the time they're on our plate. I don't think there's a lot of nutritional value there, although I think sour cream should be counted as a vegetable. I think that's, that should be part of that. But we know there's the right timing and the wrong timing. I mean, timing in sports, right? That's a big deal. You know, I was a football coach for a while, and uh, there's this, uh, this, this, the coach for the offensive line, the O-line coach. Do you, does anybody know football that well? I mean, I realize not everybody's a fan of football, but a lot of kids don't like the O-line because what do you have to do? Does anybody know? You've got to know the count, and you got to stay still. Now, that takes discipline, right? Because if you move, you know, they got you, you know. But a lot of kids didn't want to do that because you had to stay, you had to stay in position and make sure you got the count right. And the coach was real mad if everybody talked about the play, we're going to go on hut, hut, hike, 
and hut, hut, and the guy moves, that's a problem. Now that you've just ruined the, the surprise that you're supposed to have with the offensive line. Timing matters. You know, it's funny when you see that happen on professional sports. Some, who's coached some sports in here? I know Ian's done it. You coach some sports in here. Yeah, timing matters. You know, baseball, all that sort of thing. You know, when to steal a base and that sort of thing. And it's funny to me when I'm watching professional sports and I see these guys that are paid millions of dollars do the same thing as I've seen an eight-year-old do on the field, you know? What is that, what is that coach going to say to him, right? You've been doing this your whole life. No, you're being paid millions anyway. But timing, timing matters in sports. You know, if you've ever missed a flight, that matters, right? Anybody in here miss a, miss a flight timing? Yeah. Now you have to get there like three hours early or some ridiculous thing where you're just sitting around. I think it's a ploy by the airport, you know, vendors. You have to be there early, you know what I'm saying? You're going to buy coffee. You're going to buy something. Or, you've, you know, maybe, maybe there was an accident. You're late for work. You know timing matters. You know, if you've ever been around a preschooler, you know timing matters because if they get out of your immediate attention and things get quiet in your house, something's wrong, right? Don't you know, you know that? Something's going on. This kid is getting into something. You should not. That's why it's super quiet right now because they know. They don't want to make a sound because that would give away whatever they're doing. You know that timing matters. When we think about Christmas, we have... All that, that goes on with Christmas, it gets confusing. Sometimes I think Christmas is a bit confusing. You know, kind of when you're growing up as a kid, you know, you have kind of a mixture of kind of religious things and then like weird things, you know. So we have these, you know, grown, you know, human beings with little elf ears and tights. And then we talk about baby Jesus. And that seems a little bit confusing. Then you have, you know, the big red guy. I mean, think about this. We were talking about this over Thanksgiving, and this is totally irrelevant. This is a rabbit trail, but just stay with me on this one. We were talking about how, you know, Jesus knew everything, right? Now, I, I, again, he, he may have been, you know, uh, he may have limited his knowledge, but wouldn't, just, just go with me for a second. Wouldn't that be interesting if Jesus and his disciples were in the upper room? And he's like, okay, now I know uh, this is going to sound weird, guys, but in a couple thousand years... Uh, they're going to celebrate my birth, you know, and they're like, yay, that's good, you know, Peter's like, that's awesome, said, well, it, 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 yeah, it's good, but then uh, let me get out a felt board, and he gets out a felt board and said, then there's this big guy in a red suit, and he's going to get important at some point, and you, you got the disciples just kind of lost, but what's the big guy with the white beard again, where is he from, from the north, where's that, is there snow there, we don't even know what that is, trying to explain what Christmas has become. It's confusing, isn't it? You can't even go to a store without you know, seeing that mix of all these years and years of tradition. Then people spend, they spend so much money, and then there's a, the, the pressure of the whole presence. It, it can be confusing. You see, the scriptures say, when Jesus came into human history, it was exactly the right moment. It was exactly the right time. It was the right moment for him to enter into human history. Listen to what Galatians 4.4 says. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law. 
at the fullness of what? The fullness of time, the complete moment of time. Listen to how the message puts it. But when the time arrived that was set by God the Father, God sent his son, born among us of a woman, born under the conditions of the law, so that he might redeem those of us who have been kidnapped by the law. Thus we have been set free to experience our rightful heritage. At the right moment in time, God put on flesh and walked among us. And as some of his disciples said, we have beheld his glory. We have seen. Later his disciples say, you know what, we can't help but talk about what we've seen. You know, and it was more than just a, a miraculous birth. It was all the things they saw him do in his, his life. I mean, later they, they would even be in, in jail. They would be under persecution. And they said, well, you can put us in prison, but we can't help talking about what we've seen. It's like, it, it, you know, we can't unsee what Jesus did. And we're going to keep talking about it. You can put us in prison, but we can't unsee it. And we're going to tell you the stories we, we saw, we beheld his glory. We, we shook hands with the creator of the universe. We broke bread with God Almighty. And they couldn't help but talk about it. At the right time, Jesus came into human history. Let me just share a couple of ideas this morning, just two, if you're taking notes. Jesus came, the miracle of the moment. He came at just the right time. And maybe... For you, you're at a point in your life where this is becoming more and more powerful for you. The fact that God not only just created this amazing universe, every time we look up at the stars, we think of how vast this universe that God created is. When you think about how vast God is, maybe the thing that's important for you in this time of your life right now is that God didn't just create it and say good luck. He created this amazing, complex, vast universe, and then the scriptures say, but he cares about every hair on your head. Maybe that's the word you need to hear today, that Jesus came at the right moment to make it clear that God is on your team. He's in your camp, and he's rooting for you. God came at the right moment. Jesus was born at the perfect time. But, you know, as, as we know the story, a lot of people missed it. A lot of people missed God of the universe putting on flesh, walking amongst many people, missed the miracle of the moment because they weren't looking. They weren't expecting. Their hearts weren't in the right spot. You know, it, it, do you know that sometimes I think God wants to speak to us and we're not listening? It's like we've turned the channel. We're distracted. We have this going on. The screen's on. i got to look at it. We miss the moments where God wants to speak to us. I don't want to miss those moments. He came at the right time, and many missed it. People weren't paying attention to this young girl in an obscure town, small town, really, this, this young couple. People weren't thinking that the God of the universe was going to be born where the animals stay. Born in a small little place. Born a little bit under controversy. Pregnant before she was married. Nobody was looking. Nobody was paying attention to a number of smelly shepherds saying, we got to go see. God spoke to those shepherds and they, 
They heard for the first time that God is doing something big, but most people weren't paying attention. Yet at just the right time, Galatians 4.4, at right time in history, Jesus was born. It wasn't a matter of chance or coincidence. Christ's birth was part of God's plan to redeem the universe, and so many weren't paying attention. But God knew, and we talked about this last time, God knew this was the right time in human history. Some of you that were here, do you remember what the Roman Empire had done for the world for the first time? There was a common language. You could now travel throughout the known world. There were soldiers guarding the major routes. For the first time in human history, a person could travel abroad and be safe. This had never really happened in the ancient world. At the right time, even as, as, as crazy weird as the Roman emperors were, wanting people to call them Lord and stuff, and some of them were not good people. Don't even get me started on Nero. That guy was not good. And, and all these emperors that happened, and, 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 and the early church flourished because at the right moment in time, Jesus came. And so when at the end of Jesus' ministry, he tells his friends, go into all the world, make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, teach them everything I've commanded you, and lo, I'm with you always till the end of the age. It's Matthew 28. They could actually do it. Now, it took them a few years to finally get out of <laughs> Jerusalem, but they could now do it. Whereas before, that wasn't going to be a possibility. At the right time, the Romans constructed Roads that are still there. You know, last year, Jackie and I, for you know, our, our wedding anniversary, I've talked to you a little bit about this, but then we got to go to Rome, Italy. Do, do you know how old that city is? And there's still Roman roads in operation. Now, I think about our current construction projects. <laughs> Sorry, is that bad? Still in operation. Modern vehicles are driving on Roman roads. Is that not crazy to you? you go to, I've, I've never been to the, to the, the Holy Land. I, that's on my bucket list. But I've seen pictures of all these ancient roadways. At the right time in history, Jesus came. He put on flesh, walked among us and said, I love you. I'm going to do everything I can to connect in relationship with you. I am here on a rescue mission for you and for you and for you and for this guy. At the right time, the empire protected citizens, kept the peace. I mean, yeah, yeah this corrupt, say, pagan empire that had all kinds of... You know, people think about Rome and they think, well, it's you know, this, 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 this military machine. And yes, the military was a big part of how Rome kept the peace. But Romans weren't non-religious. They had all kinds of gods, and they had lots of them, shrines everywhere. In fact, there's moments in the book of Acts where Paul's traveling to some of these places. You're like, you know, he sees like statues to unknown gods and all this stuff. I mean, they would sacrifice. You'd cut yourself so that you have a better chance on the battlefield. The, the, the Romans weren't non-religious. They had all kinds of religion going on. But at the right time, God used the Roman Empire to put peace to the whole ancient world, and that allowed the early church to, to tell, the, tell the world about Jesus. That narrative was able to finally go out. Thanks to the Greek and Roman conquest, everybody spoke the same language. Koine Greek. 
Who would, who would have ever thought that God had been working that all throughout history? God knew what empire was coming next. He knew exactly what was going on. And at the right time, see, the Old Testament prophecies, they were kind of confusing when they were first given. Didn't really understand all this. A Messiah would come, a king would come, and, you know, the government would be on his shoulders. They were thinking physical governments. God had a plan. Jesus, when he came, said, my kingdom is not of this world. It's not like the empires you've seen, but I'm going to use those empires to accomplish my purpose at the right time. Warren Wiersbe uh, said this in one of his writings. He said, you know, historians tell us that the Roman world was in great expectation, waiting for a deliverer at the time Jesus was born. The old religions were dying. The old philosophies were empty and powerless to change anyone's life. Strange new mystery religions were invading the empire. Religious bankruptcy and spiritual hunger was everywhere. God was preparing the world for the arrival of his son. Yeah, he knew what was going on. It wasn't a plan B. At the right time, Galatians 4, 4 says, at the right time he came. And here's point number two. He not only came at the right moment, but he provides for us at the right moments. He provides for us at the right moments. He gives us what we need when we need it. Sometimes I wish God would give me what we need before I need it so I have some safety buffer, but sometimes God doesn't do it that way. He, he wants us to trust him to provide for us at the right moment. Listen to these promises that come from the ancient hymn book of the early church and the early Jewish community. Psalm 145.15 all eyes look to you, and you give them their food at the proper time. All of them, this is Psalm 104, 27, all of them wait for you, O Lord, to give them their food at just the right moment. Deuteronomy eleven fourteen, I, says the Lord, will provide rain for your land in the proper time, the autumn and spring rains, and you will harvest your grain, your new wine and oil. At the right time. You see, the, the ancient people of God understood the rhythm of God's provision. And they counted on it. I realize today, in our modern world, we have refrigerators. We have refrigerators. We can store stuff. We have freezers. We can prepare, prepare for... We can, you know, start to get under the illusion that we're doing a pretty good job providing for ourselves. But sometimes, sometimes things happen. You know, every time we've lost power for a few days, I remember that there are places around the world that don't have freezers filled with food. There are places where their refrigerators aren't as big as ours. They kind of go from day to day. There are People that don't have security with if they're going to have dinner that night. And it just reminds me that we, we can't be flippant with God's provision for us. It, it just it, it reminds me, every time I look in the fridge, it reminds me that God is providing this. And if I ever get cocky, Lord, humble me. Because so many don't have that. Do you know that our building was open for four nights this week 
And there were some families. Had to stay overnight. They didn't have a place, a warm place to stay. And food was brought. These are reminders to never take God's provision for granted. You don't know about your job. You don't know about your retirement accounts. You don't know about the economy. There's so many things we don't know and we can't control. But God is asking us to trust him because he will provide in the moment. You know, Jesus gave a a very famous speech, a talk. We call the Sermon on the Mount. And and, And at one point, he gives an illustration about the flowers, how they don't have to worry. God takes care of them, the birds, the sparrows, that God cares about these things and wants to provide for us. But sometimes we get distracted by our own blessings. So I wonder, maybe for you, maybe this season is a time where you are not just thankful for the way God's provided for you, but you could provide for somebody else. God provides at the right moments. God knows what we need exactly when we need it. At just the right time, he's going to provide that for you and for me. And God's timing is always perfect. It may not be exactly the way we want it to happen, but his timing is always perfect. I've found this in my life. I don't, some of you may have too, where you try to push something. You try to push it faster than it needs to happen. We were talking this morning that, you know what? We need to be thinking more about the long game than the short game sometimes. We're so short-sighted sometimes. Like, if we don't get something right away, well, God, must, he must not like me. What are we thinking? God has a broader, longer game than we do. And we're so peckish that way. We just, we, we, we want something so immediate. God is playing a longer game with us, and he knows what we need. Listen to what Romans 5 says. I, I love this passage. God's timing is always perfect. For while we were still helpless, Paul wrote, in Romans, while we were still helpless, at the appointed moment, Christ died for the ungodly. Sinners like you and me, we need the miracle of Jesus. And we don't just need it when we were younger and we made a decision to follow Jesus. We need it today. We need it tomorrow. We need the miracle of Jesus every single day. The gospel is our story Not just on Sunday. The gospel is our story on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday. We need the miracle of Jesus every single day. While we were utterly helpless, Christ still died for you. When we were in our ugliest moments, the worst bad hair day, we were in the midst of actively sinning. And we even knew what we were doing. Christ did that. Have you thought about that lately? You know, sometimes we think, well, I'll put on my best and smile, and then Jesus is going to be happy to save me. No. While we were helpless, while we were his sworn enemy, he did that for us. We need the miracle of Jesus every single day. Christ still comes for you and me. Do you believe that? I need it. Some of you are better than me. I get that but I need Jesus every day. I need the miracle of the gospel every single day. Every day that I get behind the wheel and I'm frustrated. Every day that I have a choice to say something in my head and I choose not to say it. Every time I choose to be kind when I want to hit you. Not you, but you know what I'm 
I need Jesus every single day. This Christmas season, here's my, my big challenge for all of us. This is for me too, is that we, we look to Jesus and seize our moments. Seize your moment. Seize your moment. These moments matter. You know, if I could say anything, and this is for me too, I, I don't know if you heard, remember, back in January, I wrote down in my journal that the big thing that I want to do this year is to ruthlessly eliminate hurry from my life. And I've not done a really great job at that. I want to get better. I don't need to be in a hurry. Maybe that's the word that God is speaking to you today. You don't need to be in a hurry. Slow down. Live in the moment. You think about it. Some of us have kids, grandkids. I tell you what, you blink and it's, it's different. You know, we have this, it's weird. I was thinking about this this morning. You know, when they're born, it's like, oh, they're crying all the time. They're so needy. You're like, oh, I can't wait till they walk. And then they walk. And you're like, oh, I can't wait till they talk. And then it's like, they're in high school. What happened? What in the world just happened? I know I'm sounding old. I get that. I am a man of a certain age. But look, we, we want to seize these moments because they're, they're just there for just a small amount of time. Put the phone down when you're at the restaurant. Turn it off. At night, put it down. Do you really need to know? You know, have a conversation where nobody checks Google for the facts. Right? You're laughing because you know you've done that. But, like, actually have a conversation where you're not sure. And we may never know. Where we have this conversation. See, I don't know. Seize the moments. Seize your moment this time. We've got 23 days. Think long game. What is God wanting to do in your moments this season? Listen to what Paul wrote in, 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 in Ephesians 5. He says, you know, look carefully at how you walk. Not as unwise, but as wise. Making the most, the, the best use of time. Because the days are evil. Make the best use of your time. Maybe that's for you as... Uh, when was the last time you read a book? Taking the moment. Seize your moment. Turn off the screen. Have an actual conversation. Slow down. How many want to join me on this for Christmas? Ruthlessly eliminating hurry from our lives. Can anybody, anybody else want to do that this, this year? Eliminate hurry. God, what do you want to do in this moment? Lean into the moments, even the hard moments. Even those awkward moments with the family. You're going to have some. Lean into those moments. Seize your moment. It's the right time. If you've, never, if you've never made Jesus Lord of your life, I can't think of a better time of year to do that. If you've never said, Jesus, I, I want you to be my Lord and Savior, you can do that today. It's the right time. It's the right time to make our church home your church home. Maybe you've kind of been on the fence. You're not really sure. Plug in. Engage with us. We're trying to, we're trying to move Jesus' mission of love in our town. And maybe you've just never said, I'm, I'm all in for this church family for as long as God has me here. It's the right time to make our church family your home. Maybe it's a right time to commit to a closer walk with Jesus. Maybe, maybe it's the right time for you. You've kind of been, you know, distant from Jesus for a while. You know he's your savior, but man, you just, things have not quite clicked between you and him for a while. This is the right time to commit to walking closer to Jesus. And it might be time to say goodbye to that destructive habit. Whatever God is stirring in your heart, it's the right time 
for all of those things. 2 Corinthians 6.2 says this, I heard you in an acceptable time and I helped you in the day of salvation. Look, now is the acceptable time. Now is the day of salvation. One moment in time can determine so much. Right now is just such a moment. Let's pray together. Father, we come before you. We thank you for your love, your faithfulness. Father, help us to make the most of every moment or as much as we can even these next three weeks of, of December. Father, help us to, to, to seize the moment, to slow down, to seize the day, to redeem the time, claim those minutes that go by so fast, those moments with family, those precious times. Father, help us to, to, to unplug and to engage in relationship. Father, help us to seize our moment. Embolden us today to do that. Empower us. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.